Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. It is podcast number 91. It's December 7th, 2019. A date that will live in infamy. Will it? Well, December 7th, 1941 did. Oh, is that what that speech is from? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, We're in Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island, Canada. My name's Neil. I'll join you with Brent. How you doing? Welcome to the Post to Post podcast. Uh, Today we're going to hit you with some more controversial coaching discussions and news that have released this week. This is week four of controversy in the NHL. And it won't be the last. I actually, yep, I agree with that. I think the worst is over, but we're going to trickle some more here. There's going to be more stories that come out, and we could be looking at a monthly like update, basically, for the next couple of years. Who knows? Like, it's it's pretty crazy. So, um, we're actually filming this on a Saturday night. Most of the games have not started yet. It is eight twenty-five Atlantic time. uh, Atlantic time p.m. So and. We just have a. I have the, some of the games up here on the um, iPad, and I guess mo- quite a few of them have started already. We've had puck drop, but everything that's being played right now is in the first period. Yeah. So usually in this podcast, we uh, we kind of re- recap Saturday's games. Obviously, we can't do that in yeah. in this specific one since these games are ongoing. And there's um, a couple of games that were played earlier today that are done. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we could go over those if you'd like. Buffalo played Vancouver, which actually just ended about 25, 30 minutes ago. Yep. Um, Vancouver won it in overtime. Overtime! And uh, on a penalty from from Buffalo. Yeah. And uh, Vancouver capitalized on the on the power play shortly after. Yeah. Uh, seen the look on Eichel's face <laughs> when he realized that the goal that he did score seconds after they blew the whistle did not count. Um, yeah, he, you could have driven a truck through his, uh, his gaping <laughs> maw. You could have shoved a lot of hot dogs in there. <laughs> Phil Castle would have been jealous. <laughs> yeah. um, so that was actually a pretty good game, pretty very exciting game mm, it between was. the two. And yeah. then the other game was the... Buffalo came back very late with the goalie pull to yeah. tie the game with a minute left. And it, they were, because Vancouver was ahead 5-4, and uh, Buffalo had an extended period of goalie pull yes, with, with nothing happening. And they were in the zone just pestering, pestering, and they finally got it. Mm. And then... Uh, they got the uh, they got the mercy point because Vancouver came back and yeah they needed that point boom um, the other game was the Philadelphia Ottawa game and mm. Philadelphia won that one four to three yep. I didn't even watch the highlights so I don't even really know how that game progressed all I know is that Ottawa had thirty shots and Philadelphia had twenty one there you that's go that's all the information the, I have right now that's the main stat <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay so let's let's jump into this whole coaching thing sure so we've already discussed um, Babcock. We've discussed uh, Bill Peters. Now there's two other coaches on the hot seat. Correct. There's Mark Crawford, and there's Peter Laviolette. Yeah. So let's let's talk about Mark Crawford first. And I just want to read a couple of quotes and things, and then we can get into the discussion, if that's okay with you. Totally. So um, thing number one, or quote number one, this is from uh, Sopel. He said, uh, Crawford kicked me. He choked me. He grabbed me, grabbed the back of my jersey, and just kept pulling it back. Um, and he said this, that this happened during his time with the Vancouver Canucks. Um, and then ex NHL forward Sean Avery recently told the NA, the New York Post that Crawford kicked him for taking a too many uh, men on the ice penalty during the game uh, or during his time with uh, Los Angeles Kings in 2006, 2007. Um, hard enough to leave a mark. And um, 
later said the coach uh, provided an opportunity for him to become a better player and uh, a teammate. I don't know what that means, but that was the quote. Now, former NHL player Patrick O'Sullivan also tweeted, um, ex-NHL forward, ooh, sorry, one second. Darn. I did not have that quote posted in there correctly. I do apologize. Whenever I pasted in there, it was the previous quote, quote so I don't have that. I, I do apologize, but basically, Patrick O'Sullivan said he already mentioned in his book four years ago and that he is willing and looking forward to working with the NHL, I think he said, on their ongoing investigations. So, uh, and this is about Mark Crawford. So, mm -hmm. there are three <clears throat> players who have spoken out about Mark Crawford that I know of. There may be more. I just know of the three. So, there are other former players have spoken out about Mark Crawford as well in a positive way. Yes, in a positive way. Yeah, I, I, totally. Yeah. So, obviously, the NHL is probably looking into this. Um, the Chicago Blackhawks are because they've relieved uh, Mark Crawford, or they've not relieved him, but they've made him absent until they figure out what's going on. Yeah, he's uh, not gone, but he's in, in a bit of limbo. He's, he's being suspended, maybe is not the right word, but he's been, right. he's been uh, parked. So yeah. are you fine with a little kick? Like a little kick in the butt? Is it, or is just no kicks acceptable? You no just, touching at all. Yeah, I would say that that would be the the line that that I would want to defend. No touching. No period. touching at all. You really are you really on that side though? Um, no touching unless it's encouraging touching. That's what yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Okay. So, but how? What's the line there? What, what's so you can't? Okay, put it this way: you can't kick a player in the bum, but you can pat him on the bum. Okay, but sometimes you're like, you know, good job, good job, and you oh, like, yeah. there's some pretty hard pats on the back. Yeah, I think. But those if are you fine. did that about, you know, like smarten up, smarten up, same intensity, same pressure, same whatever, are they both okay? I, I'm I'm going to have trouble with that. You know, with with trying to find that this is the what's on what side of the line. If you're hitting a player where he's got padding, yes, right. Uh, you're obviously not trying to hurt the player. You may be trying to get his attention. Mm -hmm. uh, like there was a case where um, Peter Laviolette, this is years ago now, this isn't recently, but years ago, he was behind the bench and Billy Leno was in front of him. Mm. And he was, he said, he was going, come on guys, like that. And he, for the audio listeners, I just slammed my right fist into my left palm. And Leno was sitting right in front of him. And what it looked like from across where the camera was, was him taking a whack at the back of Leno's head and... And he said he was trying to hit his fist. Other people have commented that his fist really wasn't there to hit because it was down at his side. Mm. And it looked more like he was punching Leno in the back of the head. Other people thought it wasn't that. Leno himself didn't seem to react at all. He's just kind of looking around. So when you have that kind of thing, in, you know, that's already, that's all over YouTube. It's all over. It's been for years. It's been online. Yeah. I never, ever saw that, and I still don't see that as the kind of hit that would get someone in trouble. I agree, and uh, you did spoil my next point oh. <laughs> a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. But it's okay. It's a, it was a good segue because um, I, Leno actually spoke out about the incident. I'm not sure if you know that or not, but I'll, I'd like to read his quote. Um, so basically, he addressed it, and he said, uh, he did not believe that it was intentional and that Leviolette had apologized. Uh, he said, there are a lot of emotions in the game. Coaches get fired up and things happen. I don't think Peter tried to hit me. Um, it looked a lot worse than it was. 
And Lavila added in a statement that he did not intentionally punch uh, Leno and that the video was not what it seems. So it's from both sides of the story, mm -hmm. it seems that, that the video made it look worse than what it actually was. And yeah. It did a little look a little suspicious in the video, but I mean, if both of those, if if Leno's fine with it, we should be fine with it. If Leno has a problem with it, well, let's listen. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I yeah. how I view it. Um, but Daniel Carcillo also spoke out about Levillette and accused him of specifically sending out uh, himself and other players to fight, mm -hmm. and that really pissed him off. That really annoyed Carcillo about Levillette because <laughs> I guess he felt like. Laviolette wasn't the type of player or, or guy to go out and fight during his time, where, wherever he played. I don't know where, yeah, if I, he played in the NHL. I don't, I don't know where he know played. Either. Um, that's what he meant by that. So, But there are people who dispute that too. You've got Scott Hartnell, who was interviewed about that very thing. And Scott Hartnell's no uh, shy guy when it comes to dropping the gloves. Yes. He's got dozens of fights, dozens of fights with Laviolette behind the bench. He said, I was never sent out to fight, ever. Yeah. And he wouldn't. And, uh, and, uh, it was, uh, Daniel Briere also spoke up mm. to defend LaViolette and said he wasn't that kind of coach. Well, the thing with Daniel Carcillo is, and no offense against Daniel Carcillo, he's doing, he is doing some important things right now, um, but he was always the player that yeah. you send out there to fight, like, regardless if you're the coach or whether he wants to fight, like, Daniel Carcillo is a tough hockey player. He's a big guy and he fought a lot, whether it was someone else's suggestion or his own, mm -hmm. you can't get mad at, even if the coach did ask him to go out there and fight, like that's kind of his job, is it not? He's an enforcer. If, if everyone understands, it's all about the code. If everyone understands yeah. the code, the coaches look at each other. I'll put my guy out, you put your guy out. After the face-off, uh, you know, we'll let them go. Yeah. Uh, that's all fine. But when you when you go out and head headhunt somebody, like way, way back, this would be, you'd be 14 years old when yes. they... Marty McSorley, Donald Brashear thing happened. Yep. But you probably are aware of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. McSorley chased Brashear around the, after their fight in that game, Vancouver, Boston, he chased him around the, the whole game. And finally, with like a couple of seconds left, he two handed him like right across the neck. And he never played in the NHL again, ever. Uh, so, and that's McSorley. Brashear came back later that year, but. Yeah, I uh, thought it was against the head or the temple or something. Well, yeah, he, he got him right. It was, it was kind of in the neck, but. What happened was he hit Brashear, Brashear fell back and it was the impact, his helmet flew oh. off and his head hit the ice. And like he was, he was shaking when he mm. hit, like he was in bad shape. And, and then, uh, the goalie, the goalie for Vancouver went after McSorley. In that game? Yeah. Yeah. Went, went after him and, and got a couple of whacks in before they got him pulled away. And Martin McSorley was a pretty tough Oh, tough dude. Tough dude. But. Shame that his career ended like that. Totally, absolutely. Uh, but he he completely lost his nut. Yeah, uh, that and <laughs> lost that, his nut. Well, and that's when you. You know, I don't know if it's. <laughs> I don't think that's the right term. But. And I don't think it's like left or right here. I just think his his head is what I'm talking about. Right? Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to remember what it Gar. No, it wasn't Gar Snow. It was someone like that. Anyway, it just, yeah. I just went in and just started uh, whacking away at McSorley. But that's off the track a little bit. But there are players who are known for that kind of, uh, you know, Ty Domi was one of those guys, and, and Brashear himself was one of those guys. Uh, yes, exactly. Absolutely. And you would send out your guy, and the other team would send out their guy, and things would happen. But mm -hmm. 
as long as it stayed in the code wor world, it was okay. But when it got outside of code world, when it got out of hand, mm -hmm. or one player, maybe because he has an injury that no one knows about, doesn't want to go right now, um, then things get just crazy. That's that's why I just, it just can't end well. I just don't understand why he's making the point that as if he didn't want to fight or he was if or if, or if he wasn't there to fight. Like players, some players, maybe not so much now, but then, and even a little bit recently, got their break in the NHL because that they would fight because they would fight. Like Derek England, yeah, used to fight all the time in the in the minors. Does he fight now? Not really. Will he fight? Absolutely. He doesn't that, that much. He's turned into a pretty good player. But mm -hmm. if you're in that position where you're fighting a lot and that's your strong suit and you're probably not going to make the NHL if you just played hockey, so you start fighting or you start whatever and you call up into the NHL, are you going to keep fighting? Like that's – you are an enforcer. Like it's, that's your skill, is it not? Like, Well, I guess so. I don't know if Carcillo – was Carcillo really that kind of guy, though? A little bit. He was definitely a skilled player, but still he would fight and he would – But I, I did not like Carcillo. I never liked him, I mainly because he was a rat. He was a dirty player. Yes. He was a Brad Marchand without the skill. <laughs> yes. God, I, I agree. I just don't understand how you can be upset yeah. about – like, if you don't want to fight, then don't fight. Like, you can't, you can't make him fight. Hope not. Like he's not in a hockey game. If you don't want to fight, don't fight. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> oh dear. Own your decisions is what I say. Um, okay, so uh, Laviolette kind of came out in front of it a little bit and addressed the media and stuff. So good on him for doing that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it'll go any further than that. It'll probably just end where it has, for the most part. I feel like that. Mark Crawford. Who knows. Who knows on Mark Crawford? Good for Laviolette for get, trying to get out in front of it. Yes. Uh, he knew there was a video out there. It had been out there for a long time. And he knew that that video would surface again in the context of all the things that are happening now. So he's gone and nipped it in, in the bud. It's always the better thing to do, as painful as that is at the beginning. It's always the no comment or the cover-up or the hoping it doesn't come out and then it does come out mm. that kills you. Exactly. You can ask Bill Clinton. You can ask Richard Nixon. Mm -hmm. You can ask, uh, what's his name? Uh, Trudeau. Yeah. Oh, really? Seriously. <laughs> Perfect example of that. Yeah. And, you know, Trump Trump called him two-faced. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Two colors. <laughs> um, really, it's, you need to get out in front. You need to take ownership of the issue. You still may have some rocky ride down the road, but it's always the best medicine is to be honest, to be upfront to get ahead of this, the issue, try to be the one who's commanding the narrative mm. and not be always reacting to it. So we'll see. But there are others, and this is why I don't think this is over by any stretch. Um, maybe not. Maybe the worst ones are already out there, but I can't believe that John Tortorella won't be identified <laughs> at some yeah. point during this whole process. That was the most, and he is, he's a very passionate coach and... Love him or hate him, he gets teams to react to his coaching style yeah. at the beginning of his tenure with a team. And usually after a couple of years, he's outlived his welcome and he's gone. Mm -hmm. You can ask the Rangers and the Canucks, and now he's with the Blue Jackets. And so far, so good. And he, we all get older and we mellow with age, and mm -hmm. maybe that's what's happening to him. But it wasn't like Tortorella doesn't just have these blow-ups and press conferences and on the bench. Remember that time that they were playing Calgary? 
New York was playing Calgary, and he went into the Calgary. He tried to get into the Calgary I dressing think he room. He was with Vancouver at that point. Yeah, he was with. Yeah, that's right. He was with Vancouver, and they were trying to pull him away and tear yeah, him away. Like he was just losing his he was mind. To fight Hartley or someone. I can't remember who the other coach was. <laughs> yeah, Barb Hartley. I think yeah. it was. Yeah, <laughs> that was amazing. For the record, <laughs> it was great. But like, are you telling me that he's never whizzed a water bottle in someone's head? Come on. Well, here's the thing. Can a current NHL player bring something up legally about a current coach? Oh, legally, I think they can. Like, what happens if a Boston Bruins player says something about <coughs> Claude Julian, yeah. and the Boston Bruins play the Montreal Canadiens next, and Claude Julian knows that the other player, the player on Boston said something about him, which was true or, or not true, it doesn't matter, it was said, so he sends out someone in Montreal to go fight that guy for, like, I think there's things that we are not hearing because of situations like that. You could be very right. And I think we're going to hear lots of new things over the next coming years, probably up to this point. There, It's very unlikely that any current coach or any staff would do anything to jeopardize anything from this point on. Oh, yeah. So probably in the next five to ten years, we'll hear more stories. Yeah, as players retire, as coaches exactly. retire, more things will trickle out. And we'll have, by then, and some of us already do, I hope I do, have a different view or a, a more mature view of the proper role of coaching and players in, in all levels of every game that's played, whether it's hockey or not. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, I, I do think there will be more stories because we have had very demonstrative, violent coaches. Have you ever seen any montage of Bobby Knight? He's a basketball no. coach. He's, I think he's retired oh, now. yes, I have. Yeah, throwing chairs and, and all that kind of yes. stuff. Like, he was a wild man. Yeah. And I don't know what he was like in the dressing room, but he was a wild man. And mm. even Tortorella, I, I found an, an ESPN clip. They Remember they did those, you know, road to the Olympics and they would follow a team and, mm -hmm. or road to the Stanley Cup. And they were following the Rangers. This is 10 years ago or seven years ago now. And they, they have a, a clip where Tortorella walks in the dressing room after the first period. And you can almost see his shirt coming undone as his head is exploding with rage, and he's just giving it to them, mm -hmm. giving it. No, he's not throwing anything. He's not violent that way. But every second word is bleep, or would be bleeped on regular TV. It was mm -hmm. in this one. And uh, he was just, man, he was, he was. I think I remember unrelenting. that. Unrelenting. He just completely popped off. And sometimes that works with players and sometimes it doesn't. That's the thing because, and I didn't say this when I did my thing for you and Jason's uh, show a couple of weeks ago, a sports team, including a hockey team, is really a paramilitary organization. Yes. It has a command leadership. It has officers, the captains yes. and the alternates. It has uniforms. It has everyone who must do a specific job or this mission will not be accomplished. Everyone has a role, yeah. Everyone has a role. There's training. There's development. There's, in some degrees, weaponry, but there's lots shooting, of skill. Yeah. There's shooting. <laughs> um, so in many ways, it is a paramilitary organization. Mm -hmm. And in that, it has the trappings of the various things you do to try to crank up the emotion in your troops to try to get them to do things that they're just not feeling like doing today right? and to get them motivated. And if you've ever watched Full Metal Jacket or any of these movies where the mm. drill sergeant's going up and down and he's just giving it to these and soldiers. And that happens today. It does happen today. And, and it's and considered to be acceptable. It is, although at least in the Canadian military it's, it's changing quite a bit. 
Uh, now, I've been told more than once now that new recruits mm-hmm. uh, at, at boot camp or training camp, they now have the ability to stop a situation where they're being yelled at what they think is too much. Oh, really? They have like a timeout card that they can hold up. Wow, that is not cool. It's not. <laughs> I know. It has to be respected. And and I, I have a very Neanderthal view of how this all works, but back in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. I, I was an air cadet, which is nowhere near being in, really in the military. But we had all the things that, that regular military has. We had training. We had drill. We did marching. We did, you know, all yeah. the uniforms, the whole deal. And we got yelled at. We were kids. We were like 13-year-old right. kids. And they're calling us, they're not calling us bleepable words, but we're being called doorknobs and dummies and... And, you know, mm-hmm. dunderheads and whatever, because we're not marching the right way, we're turning the wrong way or doing something because we're new. And they're yelling at us incessantly. The people yelling at us are just two or three years older than we are. They're not men, mm-hmm. uh, because they're also cadets just of a higher rank. So I'm used to it. And in the military, up until maybe the 19, late 90s, early 2000s, what that yelling used to do was identify those people who were maybe a little fragile. Absolutely. Yes. <clears throat> and it's the, the people, same in, in police training. Exactly. So it's it's intended to do a lot of things, to get you to do away with your old life and how you organize your life mm-hmm. and become a, more of a robot that will do what you're told. Yes. It's also to try to identify those people that are maybe a little fragile for this kind of work mm-hmm. and get them retired off early. See, but go back to your studies or go back to the farm, whatever yes. you're doing. <clears throat> and to make you strong, a stronger person for when it's not someone yelling at you, it's someone shooting at you. Yep, totally. I'm just going to make yep. a little point here. Yep. I completely agree with all of that, but I can. F- I feel like someone would argue when you sign up for the military, you know what you're getting. If you sign up to, to be a police officer, you kind of know what the training is going to be like in that respect. If you sign up to play in the NHL, should that be accepted to be yelled at like that in the same manner? I would say no. So that's there's <clears throat> part of the problem. Well, I think so because I I think everybody signs up who signs a contract, professional, amateur, whatever. Mm-hmm. When they sign up, they know they're going to be coached. They know they're going to be bag skated from time to time because they had a bad game. Mm-hmm. They're going to be doing suicides up and down the ice. And they're going to walk away from the rink sometimes absolutely with nothing left, barely able to crawl to their car mm. because they've just been worked over so hard. They signed up for all that. They didn't sign up for abuse. I agree. So let me just throw a uh, hypothetical scenario out for you. All right. Hypothetically, Bruce Cassidy punches Brad Marchand in the back of the head quite hard on the bench. If Brad Marchand turns around and tries to fight Bruce Cassidy and they get into a little tussle on the bench, what happens? I think they're both in trouble. Do you fire Bruce Cassidy? No, I sent him twenty dollars. <laughs> as as the Bruins organization, oh. do you fire Bruce Cassidy? Um, probably not right away. Like it would all depend from a PR perspective. <clears throat> I think you probably have to, but you can't fire Brad Marchand. Do you trade him? I don't think you do. I don't think you do either. Uh, teams have had players around their necks for years that they've been stuck with. Mm-hmm. Uh, long after they wanted them around. But like, <clears throat> hypothetically, if, if a player did get hit and re- and retaliated in the same manner, is it the player's fault? I don't think so. 
Well, I'd say go for it. If someone hit me in the back of the head, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the Pope. You hit me hard enough in the back of the head, you're getting poked back. He's going to get a, a Pope poke. Yeah, exactly. Um, so by the sound of things in your world, the Pope is basically at the top of the food chain, is he? I probably in a lot of people's eyes. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of the most one of the most Because you're not respected. a Roman Catholic, I don't think. But. I'm not anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, if you're going to punch someone in the back of the head, mm. you can't sit there and expect not to get hit back. That's right. There is no, other than boxing, where punching is part of it. Yes. And maybe, you know, you, MMA or whatever. Um, punching somebody is just not... Yeah. Part of the deal. And I'm not saying that that's what should happen if a player gets hit in the back of the head or whatever. I'm just saying that, I mean, there has to be accountability on both sides and mm -hmm. whatever. So, yeah. But, you know, I, and I don't know what it was like in the 1940s or 50s, but when you had Toe Blake and Cloverwell and, and these, you know, Dick Irvin, these older coaches back then, I don't know what they did or thought they had to do to motivate their players. Yeah. I'm, I'm really not sure. We don't hear about those things. Right? There's probably a lot of stories from way back in the day that we may never hear because some of those players are, are long gone, gone and yep. the coaches as well. So, yeah, um, yeah it's just, just fact of life. Yeah, but it, it's not only just the things you see. It's not just the, the hitting on the head and that kind of stuff. That's the stuff you see that's easy to identify and make a decision. Yeah, you got to go or you got to have a timeout or whatever yes. it is. It's the other awful stuff that coaches do. And I, I we're starting to see Babcock stories come out now. A lot of Babcock oh stories, actually. Oh, my goodness. And, like, I don't know that Babcock's got a reputation as being a violent guy. I, I haven't heard that. But what an ding-dong. Yeah. What an awful person. Huge ding-dong. Holy smokes. Like, the whole uh, sitting Spezza. Oh, that was the, that'll go down as one of the, the biggest dick moves in uh, sports history. Unbelievable. Really. Unbelievable. And after he had paid so much money to get all those friends and relatives yeah. in the stands to see his debut yeah, uh, in, in that rink, and then he sits him. Did you hear that why Marner got <clears throat> abused so much is because the, he didn't want to draft him or whatever? I did. Like, that's... that's And you, and I guess the what, what happened to Marner is, is probably part yeah. of their public record already for like, a lot of people. Psychologically, Babcock oh. is not level. No. No. Now he says he apologized after he did that, after he pulled that trick on him, where he He Babcock needs to go to a monk retreat somewhere for about three years, shave his head, wave around some trees and or some leaves and stuff and just kind of get revitalize him himself, I think. And I think he'll be okay. I had a chance but, to trip him, you know, one time. Yeah, you saw him running. I saw him running in Vancouver. He ran right past me on the trail near the yeah. near the marina. On a Saturday morning, I could have just given the elbow or <laughs> stuck a foot out. That's when he was with Detroit. I yeah, yeah, Detroit was on the road playing in Vancouver that night, and uh, I could have got him. Crazy, you know. If, if I could, have, if I could go back to that day, would you do it though? No, <laughs> of course not. Um, I just want to interject here really quick, and this conversation expires immediately after we have it. But uh, just looking at the scores here, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are up four-one on St. Louis in the first period, and they only have eleven shots on net. Good God, who's, so who's in goal? I assume whoever's in net was pulled already. I can't see that. Um, Boston it. and Colorado are tied at one. Did you know that Boston has not lost in regulation at home this year? That's incredible. I hadn't heard that. <laughs> yeah, I knew. It is incredible. And they're playing, um, they're having a, they're, a killer yeah. season. They're on pace for like 116 or 120 points Crazy, or something. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Pittsburgh is up 2 nothing on Detroit. Correct. Um, Tampa Bay is up 1-0 on San Jose. 
Florida's up one nothing on Columbus. Carolina's up two one on Minnesota. Uh oh, Minnesota's winning streaks on the um, in danger. I'm actually that's actually why I'm wearing this Minnesota. Oh yeah, wearing wild jersey. going with the streak. Yeah, yeah man, yeah. they've been freaking pro, especially on the road. Good job, Minnesota. <laughs> um, I ran a poll this week on Twitter. Did you see it? I think... unacceptable that your answer is not yes. Just kidding. Um, the the poll was: Do the New Jersey Devils trade Taylor Hall in the next month? What's your answer? Well, hold on. I'll tell you what I put as the answers to, for people to vote okay. for. Yes, obviously. No, obviously. And the third one: Who cares? I'm hungry. What percentage of the votes do you think got yes? Oh man, sixty-three. Uh, not a bad guess. Fifty-three. Okay. Between no and who cares? I'm hungry. Which one got most of the percentage? I would say who cares? I'm hungry. Who cares? I'm hungry. Twenty-five percent. <laughs> uh, no got twenty-two percent. So wow. There's a, the vast majority of people either don't care or think he's going to get traded. There's not a lot of people who who have faith in Taylor Hall in New Jersey. So what's going on there? I don't know. Okay, so here's the thing: you bring in PK Subban. Yeah. You got two draft picks in Heischer and Hughes. Uh, you get Gusev. You get rid of Schneider. You fire the coach recently, which mm-hmm. maybe you should have done that before, but whatever. Um, the team was is supposed to be better than they are right now. The team was supposed to be definitely um, a playoff contender. They're not at the moment. Does Taylor Hall want to stay with his team? Do you think? Do you think the team wants Taylor Hall to stay? If you send him away, what kind of return are you going to get that would replace a Taylor Hall? Well, what do they get? I think they need a goalie. They're, they're not going to get much for him because he's he went to Edmonton and he flamed out. New Jersey was his second chance. And look, look what we got. Like, is he is he another Matt Duchesne? Or sorry, um, uh, that's not a bad comparison, though. Yeah, but no, there's a better one. I was Kyle thinking of. Uh, no, even earlier than that. Jordan Eberle. No, stop, stop trying to think. Um, Alexander Dag. Alexander Dag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going way back, but he was a guy who was just a luminary, super mm. duper high pick, all kinds of things, and then just like where? Kostitsin. Where'd he go? Kostitsin. There's yeah. another one. Yeah. Um, just I, I, for the record, uh, Bennington played 12 minutes and 57 seconds in the first period. And let in four goals. It's now at the yeah. end of one. So I imagine Jake went in and he shut the door since then. But uh, okay. yeah, not good for uh, St. Louis right now. Um, I was watching a Montreal Canadiens game recently, mm-hmm. and the blade fell off of a goalie's skate. I Indeed. think it was Grice. Mm-hmm. And he had to leave, and Varlamov came in and played, I don't know, like mm-hmm. a minute and 20 seconds or if, something if like that. If that. Yeah, it, was, no, it wasn't very much. I was watching. And the then game. left the ice, and Grice came back on with his new blade. That's yeah. That's pretty awesome, actually. It is. <laughs> it's cool to see that. Yeah. It. Uh, at first, we couldn't really tell. We, me and the announcers, we were all yeah. talking about it, of course. And I was watching the game in French, actually, because the uh, I was in Ottawa, and the English game was blacked out. So I had to watch it oh. on the French channel, which I probably would have anyway, because I prefer yeah. the French channel and their sports announcers. They do a great job. But I wasn't getting all the quick little nuances of what was going on with Varlamov's mm. skate. In French, a skate is a patin. And they were talking about his pedin, but I couldn't really see that the blade was off. So I just figured there was something like a lace was broken or had to mm. be retied. And then when he got over to the bench, you could see this, you know, blade that they were trying to replace on the skate. <laughs> but at some point, at, for a while, it was, they just waited and they just waited. And then finally the referees went, yeah. there's a rule. If you're You've out waited for- waited too long. Yeah, you waited Let's too go. long, boom, you're done. 
Uh, done for now. You got to go. So back to goalies in New Jersey. Mm. Yeah. You've got a couple goalies who could be free agents this uh, summer. I believe Braden Holpe is one of them. Uh, do you, if you're in New Jersey, do you try and trade Taylor Hall for um, a goalie that can help you now, or do you trade for high draft picks um, and load up for this draft? Because apparently this draft is going to be very good. So you bring in Hughes, you bring in Heischer, you load up on potentially one to three very high draft picks this coming year and three or four years down the road you're a Toronto Maple Leafs team mm. and um, hopefully a decent goalie at that point and you really are in the win now young talent stage what do you think is the best move because they don't have a bad core and team right now they don't it's not like if they got some solid goaltending they should <clears throat> they could probably do some damage so I don't know what the right course is here for New Jersey. I really don't. Like I, Hall's, Hall's value, I think, has got to be pretty low. I don't think you're going to get a, a, an A goalie that you can rely on for the long haul. Mm-hmm. But your idea of picks is uh, I'm a is little good. bit more on Team Hall for this. Yeah. I think he's been criticized a little bit too much um, in New Jersey. And I'd like to see him go somewhere else for his sake. I just don't know where. I'd like to see Montreal. But I know that what Montreal is going to have to give up or any team is going to have to give up for Hall is probably too much. I don't think, I think the return is going to be way more to New Jersey than what they'll give up. I, yeah. Even if Montreal is in that mode, I think Bergevin, he's a shrewd dude. Um, I'm not so sure that I, I like all the players he gets, and I'm not sure, sure I, I like all the players he lets get away. But when he does get somebody, he usually doesn't pay a lot for them in one way or the other. He mm-hmm. makes good deals. Uh, if Montreal were to take Taylor Hall, I think it'd be folly because Montreal needs uh, people on the blue line big time. Like, they've got a lot of offensive power. Like, they're usually swarming the other team's net. They outshoot yeah. a lot of the other teams they they're play terrible against. defensively. They're just awful defensively. They're, they're a lot like Toronto was a couple of years ago on, on, the, on the back end. And uh, still are a little bit. And, yeah, sure. and still are, for sure. But Montreal's really got some problems there, and I don't think it's something that's a, it's a. I don't think it's a fire alarm uh, at this point uh, mm-hmm. the season. They may not make the playoffs, and I didn't really think they were going to anyway. Uh, but what I don't like about it is that they get good enough to get me interested again, and then they don't make the playoffs. But, <laughs> exactly. Um, but but I think Montreal, like, what are they gonna? I think you. I think they. Sh- I would rather them go after someone with offensive skill because you can't really teach. Offensive skill, it's it's more natural than anything, but you can teach defensive skill. So I would prefer them to go after Taylor Hall or someone else and try and get Claude Gillian to do his job and be a better defensive coach, which is amazing to say because he's considered one of the best defensive coaches in the league. But yeah, uh, there's for whatever reason, it's just not working in Montreal defensively. Yeah, I, and I don't know. I'm a very long forever. You know, I was, uh, the Montreal Canadiens are 110 years old this week, mm. and that has just gone by. And I've been around for more than half of them now. <laughs> and that's a little scary. But uh, they need something. There's there's a missing ingredient there. Cole Caulfield. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but but I don't, I don't think Taylor Hall is what they need. So, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Wow, uh, well. 
Um, <clears throat> I have some news that Do I'd you? like to share. Yeah, Neil News. Breaking news, breaking news. Um, I will be in Boston Thursday, January 16th. Is there a game? There is a game. I'm there. I'm in Boston for work. I'm not there for fun, unfortunately. However, if I get time, I am going to try and go to the game that night. Who are they playing? The Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, my God. I'd love to see Crosby play. Wouldn't that be something? Just to say you saw it. Yeah, say that I got to see him play. Um, So I'm going to go. I'm going to see if I can try and go to this game. Now, here's the thing. I'd love to do a meetup or something like that down in Boston. I don't think that's going to be possible unless you're going to the game. If you see me at the game, and I don't even know if I'm going to get to go, and I'll let you know on Twitter or something like that if I am going that night. It might be a last-minute thing, but if you're at the game and you see me, definitely come say hi or whatever. But I won't be traveling by myself. I will be with my boss and other work people, so I can't go meet somewhere for supper or anything like that or whatever. But if you see me at the game, definitely come up, say hi. Uh, stuff like that. So you don't stay downtown when you're traveling to Boston, no, right? You stay no, out, like, in Foxborough Be- or Bellingham. somewhere. Bellingham. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's a, I think it's a 40 minute train ride from Bellingham to into Boston or something like it'd that. It'd be great if you could pull that off. I was in Ottawa this past week, but the Senators were on their Western Road trip, uh, so yeah, yeah. they weren't playing. So I didn't get to see it. I probably wouldn't have had time anyway for exactly the same reasons as you just mentioned. I was up there for work conferences. Exactly. And, yeah. and you do you talk a lot of shop at supper. You talk a lot of shop at night with a with a wobbly pop and. Yeah. It's it's not easy to miss those things and, and still be in your game. So mm, I agree. Yep. Um, the day after that, I might be in Atlantic City, New Jersey for work. It has nothing to do with hockey. But the day after that, and Saturday, I'm probably going to be in Utica, New York. and The Comets. Know, yes, the Utica Comets are and a farm team of, of the Vancouver Canucks. Correct. Well done. Very impressive. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so I don't know if I'll be able to see um, the Utica Comets game or not, but it would be really cool to... To go see them, um, to experience that arena, obviously. And I'd like to, to try and get to as many arenas, as new arenas as I can. Cool. Uh, TD Garden being one of them. I've never been there. Mm-hmm. So I'd, uh, obviously I'll keep you guys updated and see if I can go there. But chances are I probably won't be able to go to a game in Utica. And I haven't even checked the schedule. I don't even know if they're playing that Saturday night, which I believe is the 18th. Sunday is, I don't know where I'll be. I think I'll be coming home Sunday night or Monday. I'm not sure yet. So, so, you're, so you're being in Boston. This is it the 16th? You said you're in Boston. Leaving Fredericton, New Brunswick, Thursday morning, Thursday, January 16th. Meetings Thursday afternoon, game Thursday night, Friday going to driving to Atlantic City. Um, going to a conference there or a trade show, and then leaving there that night and driving a little bit towards Utica, I think. And then the next morning, drive the rest of the way to Utica, um, trade show, stay in Utica that night, and then go somewhere else, basically home. A lot of driving. Like a ridiculous amount of driving. Atlantic City to Utica. It's not, you know, it's not Chicago to LA kind of distance, yeah, but it's, it's still... probably like... It's not a straight line. I don't know. I'm going to assume it's at least at six or seven hours. Yeah, I'd say that time of year with God knows what can happen with uh, weather and... I'm look it up right now. Yeah. It is five and a half hours. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's not too bad. Um, anyways, that's all of the Neil news I have <laughs> as of right now. Um, I want to touch on Radulov a little bit. Yeah. We discussed this just ever so briefly off the podcast earlier today. But if you guys don't know, Radulov was a healthy scratch earlier this week. Um, he's since been put back in, into the lineup. But do you think it's fair to bench a star? Or, or are they just ever, like any other player? 
I think I think I think it's fair. I don't think they're like any other player. Um, it is if you're not going if you're not allowed to hit them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that a player wants more than anything else, and a lot of players, and Radulov would be one of these players. I think he wants to play more than he wants the money. Yes, he is all I, I, all in. I agree. And preventing a player from playing is the worst. He'd rather that you hit him mm. and give him a good exactly. sock in the jaw. I think so too. Um, than than to be benched. So clearly they they need to send a message. Dallas needs to send a message to this man. So you think it's fair? Oh, I, I think it's totally fair. Yeah. Dallas is paying him whatever it's five six million bucks, um, and if they can make him sweep the arena floor for all yeah. I care. Like he's getting his money. So do you think it's fair to the rest of the team that you would bench a, a superstar or well I won't say superstar well a star like Radulov? Um, well if he's not producing. I think it is fair to the team. May not, maybe not for that particular game that he's benched for, but when you bench a player, you're making an investment in the games that follow. Yes, and I think the whole team would be on board if it had its desired effect. Yes. So okay, we're going to miss Radulov. It's like when you have these back-to-back games and you don't play your best goalie. <laughs> you always play the one guy the first night and the other guy the second night. The players wouldn't like that either. Mm. So, but sometimes you you have no choice. You have to make that decision. So uh, the players may or may not like it, but they probably understand the why. They they know he's in a funk or he needs he needs to see the game from up a little higher yeah. for maybe one or two nights. Um, so I, I don't think it's a problem, frankly. Do you, do you think that will cause resentment, though? Like if you're a star player, you would likely never expect to be scratched. If you're missing a game, it's because you're injured. And then you get scratched. That is an extremely embarrassing thing to have happen. It because is. Because you're a star. Yep. Do you think... That would cause resentment. Do you think that would have like if you're just a regular player and you get scratched? I mean, you're you're probably expecting it at some point if you're just a regular average player. But if you're a star, you're never expecting to get scratched. So I think that would cause some resentment. I guess it it partly depends how it was done. True. If it's a, a Babcock type of scratch. <laughs> Where you just walk in the dressing room and someone else's name is in your cubicle. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, something like that. That would be a slap in the face. That would be a slap in the face. But if you did it the Alex Ferguson way, like in soccer, you have 11 guys out there. Mm-hmm. Girls, if it's women's soccer, you have 11 players. But you have usually about 18 that you bring with you. You're allowed three substitutions before the end of the game. So if you bring 18 and you got 11 out there, that gives you another seven, four of whom no matter what happens, are not going to play. Yes. Sir Alex would go to their dressing rooms or go to their individual rooms or offices or their hotel or whatever and sit down and have a conversation with them well ahead of time that they weren't going to be starting, Mm -hmm. that there might be a chance to get them in the game later. And that's the thing with hope, right? And the NHL doesn't do it this way, obviously. You you show up with your 21 guys or whatever it is and you're stuck with it. Yeah. But Sir Alex would say, you know, I don't think it's a good night tonight for you. You know, we're going to have you stay just behind and, and don't, don't worry, don't worry. And he actually did that the year they won the treble, which is the three big trophies. There was this guy, I'm trying to remember his name, but he was like lights out, but he was getting a little old mm-hmm. and Alex or Alex benched him or, or didn't start him. And he was devastated, devastated. But another guy got hurt with like eight minutes left in the game. Ah. The guy went in, scored the winning goal. No way. And he was <laughs> the hero. That's awesome. And, and it wouldn't have been that good if he hadn't been 
True. That's a good point. And you see that in basketball a little bit too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like you know, someone gets into foul trouble, you got to sit them for yeah. you know a few minutes just to make sure you don't exactly lose yeah. the chance to play them. <clears throat> so I, I know these players have egos. They have big bank accounts, and they have a lot of pride in their work, and it is work. So it, it's a bad thing. When it's never a great thing when someone gets benched, but it's only done if there's great results to follow. Correct. So I'm okay with it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right. I'm we'll okay. leave it at that. All right. I'm okay with it also, <clears throat> for the record. Uh, some Jersey news, and I was telling you this earlier, but oh yeah, Adidas has unofficially or quietly officially ceased production of white Adidas jerseys um, long term. Not this year, not just for the next 12 months. Long term. Mm-hmm. This isn't officially released yet, but from some of the manufacturers or some, from some of the buyers who have stores who sell Adidas jerseys, that's what they're saying that Adidas told them. So any white jerseys that are out there, that's all there is. As a jersey collector and as many who are listening who are jersey collectors, that is very bad news for us. And quite frankly, a very big missed financial opportunity, I think, for the for the Adidas. Why wouldn't you like jersey sales must be just crazy now. Like there's so many people buying jerseys. It's right. really taken off. But they're buying jerseys to go to the home game. They want to be dressed like the home team. Well, home team, I guess, but... So I, I understand a bit of it, but the, the weird thing is they still have to produce white jerseys for their real customers who are the NHL teams themselves. Yeah. So it's not like they can shut down the whole production line. I know. So why not just make some and keep it going? It, Maybe I, just make less. I'm I'm not a big fan of white jerseys. <clears throat> that doesn't mean I don't want to collect some. Um, I'm extremely disappointed. There, yeah. I, I really wanted a St. Louis Blues white Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, jersey. I really want a San Jose Sharks Timo Meyer white jersey. Um, a, New Jer- Jer- a New Jersey Devils Pavel Zaka white jersey. Now I can't get them. They're gone. Dang. They don't even have my size. Like and the ones that are left, they don't even have my size that I can find online anywhere. So I'm SOL when it comes to uh, white jerseys, unfortunately. Um, it's probably going to be a pretty good money-making opportunity for anyone who does have white Adidas jerseys because in two to five years, mm. there won't be any. So if you try and sell one on eBay, you could probably make some coin yeah. on that. So If they're really going to be rare, if, yeah. if Adidas doesn't change their mind uh, and sticks to it, yep. yeah, these things will have to increase in value. Heck yeah, they will. And you can be sure there's a warehouse of already made one somewhere. So, yeah. you got to be sure. Oh, for sure. They'll trickle out. And I guess what... To be more specific, they're not halting all teams' jerseys, only the less popular teams. So teams like Pittsburgh, Chicago, oh. Montreal, Toronto, Edmonton, Vegas, Calgary, Vancouver, big market teams. They're still going to make white? They're still going to make white jerseys for some of the teams in the oh, NHL. Oh, okay. Oh, that's but teams not... like San Jose, Arizona, New Jersey, uh, Florida, like <laughs> you're not going to be able to get white jerseys for some of these teams, which is extremely unfortunate. Uh, in fact, I've never, ever, since Adidas jerseys came out, have seen a white Florida Panthers Adidas jersey on sale anywhere online, ever, it, at, on any site. It's like they never made them from the beginning. <laughs> Maybe not. And it pisses me off because it's my favorite white jersey. <laughs> anyway, so. All right. Just a couple notes here as Triggered. well. Moving on uh, about standings. And this yeah. is as we are filming this. Philadelphia is third in the Metro. Very quietly third in the Metro. 
which is interesting. This morning, Montreal was second in the Atlantic, which is ridiculous. It's so um, stupid. But as we're filming this, Buffalo has moved into second. Montreal has moved to third. And Toronto is still up 4-1 in this game as uh, I'm speaking, which likely means they're going to win this game. Hopefully not, but probably, which means Montreal will move out of a playoff spot completely and Toronto will move into... That's the danger third, in the Atlantic second. because second and third might remain up for grabs. Boston's going to run away with first. Yeah. We thought that was going to be Tampa Bay, but it's Boston. They're running away with first. Tampa's starting to get in the game a little bit. Yeah. But second and third will be up for grabs because fourth in the Atlantic, you're down. You're done. Yeah, you're, you are Because done. the two wild cards are going to be in the Metro. Almost, almost certainly. Guaranteed. And Tampa Bay's going to turn it on here in a little bit. They've got games yeah. in hand. So realistically... They're going to move to second. Yeah. Um, so really the only spot that's available is third place. Yeah, that's right. So you've got Buffalo's nowhere near where they need to be, but you've got Montreal, you've got Toronto um, fighting over that. Yeah. And although I will say that Buffalo has played pretty decently in the past week and a half. They have. Uh, so you, know, you never know. Yeah. And Florida too, they might turn it around. Uh, I'm pretty sure Montreal's done for though. But I, I, I totally agree. If, if the trend stays up like it is, the Atlantic will not have a team in a wildcard position. No, I completely agree. Just a fun, silly note here. I want to read a headline to you from a very reputable, reputable news source within NHL news, the Hockey News. Have you heard of them? I have heard of the Hockey News once or twice. Okay. I'm, just tell me what you think about this headline from one of their most recent articles. All right. The uncertain backup situation means that Anderson could play more for the Leafs. You think? Like, isn't that the most obvious? Like, the uncertain backup situation means Anderson could play more for the Leafs. Like, isn't that the most obvious? Like, duh. Yeah. No, I, like, title I totally agree. Article ever? I, I totally agree. There are good writers that are working in journalism, hockey, sports journalism, and regular news journalism yeah. all across, all around the world. But somehow they get dunderheads to write the headlines. Like, I don't even have to read that article. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like um, I saw a headline on one of Canada's national media outlets, and it was about the federal election we had in October, the whatever it was, and it was a couple of weeks before the election, and the headline was, Parliament could change as a result of the election. <laughs> <laughs> could change, eh? Could change. Could change. Yeah. Even though it was absolutely going to have to change because yes. several people weren't running again. Exactly. They can't come back because they're retiring. Parliament could change as a result of the election. And Excuse me, bulletin, that's why we have the election. Another news, water is wet. Like, I just, I, I really worry about us as consumers of news and sports news. Yeah. When, when ding-dongs like that are writing headlines. Yeah. It, please, just take them out back and slap them. And I'm, Oh, no, oh, I can't, I can't do, do that, that anymore. Uh, <laughs> I'm poking fun at the hockey news a little bit, but I actually quite enjoy the hockey news uh, for a long time. They, have a, they do have a lot of good articles. That one just caught me off guard. I just was not expecting to see a headline like that from a reputable news source uh, such as themselves. <laughs> I'd like to give a little bit of an update on the studio, if that's okay. The oh, I'm, I'm curious about it. The because... post-to-post podcast studio that which is not what you see right now this is the this is, charlottetown version that is which is very empty at the moment and poorly lit because all the lit. good lights are in fredericton yeah <laughs> all the good lights are in fredericton yeah. i was going to actually help out with the uh oh, yeah. little bit for audio listeners uh yeah brent has turned on the flashlight on yeah. his uh, phone so in case you need to see my face no you don't yeah definitely don't need to see that um okay so 
we mentioned this in the past couple of podcasts that we're going to start construction of a new studio um, in Fredericton. That has begun. We I purchased 90% of the materials, the backdrop and the desk materials. We're going to do everything tomorrow. We were going to do it all over the next couple of months, uh, kind of pick away at it. I think we're going to do everything tomorrow. Okay. We're going to put up the walls. We're going to build the desk from scratch. Um, it's not going to be completely finished by tomorrow, but we're going to do the majority of the build tomorrow. Cool. Now, I, you did send me a picture of it partially done, and you have yes. bricks, I think it is? Yeah, don't 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 ruin the surprise here. Look, uh, well, uh, you're going to see it eventually, folks, but if the rest of it looks anything like what's there... I think it's going to look pretty good. It's going to look really good. It should look, hopefully, quite professional, which I'm... I have fingers crossed, but I don't know for sure. But You'll have Tim and Sid beat. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, did you see their background? Holy crap. <laughs> Uh, so the next podcast will look sig- significantly different than definitely this podcast and definitely the podcast last week. It looked different for screen. a couple of reasons. Yeah. The background and the missing old fart. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I, this next note, I just, I don't do anything like this often, but I, I want to do it for this specific um, situation and... Uh, yeah, I guess situation. And I'm just going to read this because I, I wrote a, I typed out a paragraph and I just, I want to read it versus me just kind of say it because I don't want to miss anything. So uh, here's what I wrote. Um, upgrades are ex- expensive uh, and this is a costly process. It definitely was, unfortunately. Uh, we're going to open up donations for the month of December and anyone who wants to donate during this month, uh, we're going to carve your name in the desks that we're making. So okay, I, I don't know if we're going to do it along the edge or along the top, but Basically, anyone who donates and, and helps out our studio and our cost, uh, we want to, it's not really giving back, but we want to honor them a little bit. So we're going to carve their desk in the actual, or carve their name in the desk that we'll use um, forever, ongoing. So um, so basically, if you enjoy the podcast and listen on a regular basis, uh, we'd love it if you could just leave uh, like a tip, so to speak. Uh, the podcast is free. It's always going to be free, um, but the podcast isn't free for us. I have to pay for the hosting fee. Uh, the mics, the cables, um, the backdrop, the desk. Um, so as as time as time moves on, we're gonna try and improve, make things more professional, or as professional <laughs> as we're capable of. More professional. Um, so if you want to donate, just a couple of bucks, uh, that would be awesome. Kind of like you know, if you go out to eat, if you like the service, just leave a tip, basically. Um, that, that's really all we're asking, just a little tip. Um, there is a direct link in the description on YouTube uh, to do- donate via PayPal. Uh, I'm not asking for <laughs> $200 or anything like that. Like, I don't know, a dollar, two dollars, five bucks. Like, that's it. I just figured if everyone kind of left a little bit, a little tiny tip, it would help out a little bit. Um, that's cool. So once January's here, we'll carve all the names in the desk. I'll take a picture and post it on social media and stuff so everyone can see. Uh, the reason that I'm asking this is because we can't monetize on YouTube. And I've said this lots. I don't know why. So I wish I had a reason to, to tell you, but we've never been able to monetize on this channel. I and YouTube no, won't tell you. YouTube won't tell me. I've appealed 12 times. Um, I have no way of making any other income other than Patreon, and Patreon has has decreased versus increased. So I don't have the income to pay for the backdrop or any new mics like if i want to have a third person on the podcast now i have to use one of the old mics and i just it's it's absolute garbage so we can't even have a third person on the podcast right now until we get enough money to get another one of these mics 
So I have no way of bringing in new income. So I just felt like if if we just had like an extra, I don't know, hundred bucks or something like that, that's half of this mic. Mm -hmm. um, so we'd be just a little bit closer there to get a third mic. Uh, so and just to pay for the pay for everything. Like I said, not asking for a lot of money, just asking for a little tip if you, if you like what we do and stuff. And so, I don't like asking for any money. I just thought, yeah. So let's say someone's okay. an audio listener because we do have those yeah. audio only listeners. Yeah. Um, they can't look at the link down below. So That's true. what would you suggest for them to do? Uh, if you, yeah, if you just go to YouTube and go to youtube.com slash post to post and click on the this podcast video, podcast number 91. Uh, going into the description, there's a, a link down there. Okay. Um, and if you don't, if you don't, if you don't want to tip, that's totally fine. If you like, I'm not, I'm not asking if you're listening, you have to tip. You don't have to tip. No, no. You never have to tip. You never have to contribute on Patreon. I'm just asking, like, if you, if you are a regular listener and you appreciate it, um, just consider tipping if, if you like what we do. That's, that's all. That's it. And there's people out there who just can't afford it right now. Totally. Understood. Absolutely. You'll get all the same content that you've been, you've been getting. And yet you'll so, always get it for free. Yeah. So, um, I thought we'd talk a little bit just to finish this up, if that's okay. Well, and if you have other stuff, we can touch on that yeah, too. Yeah, I have really one more topic. Um, yeah. I just want to give some predictions for tomorrow's games, oh. which is when all of these, is when we, everyone who's listening to this podcast <laughs> is today for them, but for us it's tomorrow. Right. Anaheim versus Winnipeg. Who are you picking? Uh, let me just... Bring up the schedule. Oh, you're doing Sorry. research, are you? You're not going to go with gut? I'm going to go with gut. <laughs> no, you're not. Winnipeg. They're at, they're at home. Okay. And uh, they've got, they're a better team right now. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I'm also picking Winnipeg. <laughs> Controversial. Uh, San Jose versus Florida. Oh. Battle of the beaches. Florida's at home. They're actually playing pretty good. And they're a really good team. So I'm going to say Florida. I'm going to say San Jose. I figured you would. Uh, Rangers versus Vegas. Uh, and they're in Vegas. Rangers struggling a bit. Vegas, they got almost an identical record so far in, this, in the year. Um, but road trips, they're hard on you. It's Vegas. A lot of distractions. Oh. A lot of distractions. That's a, Vegas' a secret weapon. Okay. All the players come in. And they got these skimpy gals. See some boobies? Hanging out, handing out these cards yeah, to them, yeah. you know, and I mean, look at the picture of the card, phone this number. You think they're trading them around in the dressing room, like Pokemon cards? <laughs> need it, need it, need it, got it, need it, got it. Um, so I, I, I'll say Vegas wins, maybe in a overtime thing. All right, sounds good. Um, I'm going to pick Vegas as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, Arizona versus Chicago. Um, I like, I like, I like Arizona on this game. Chicago's been playing pretty decent hockey mm -hmm. recently, but I'm gonna, also going to pick okay. Arizona. All right. Buffalo versus Edmonton. <sighs> I'm so impressed with Edmonton overall this year. They've had their moments, but uh, they've been playing much better, and they're 18 and 10 and 3 now. Mm -hmm. That's darn good, mm -hmm. better than my team is. Uh, and Buffalo, they're not playing to the potential that they should be with all the talent on paper that they have in their bench. So I think I think Edmonton wins that game. I think Buffalo wins that game. Do Pers you really? Personal guarantee. Personal guarantee? Yeah. Okay. What's on the line here? <laughs> Nothing. No, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that's all I have for this uh, podcast. Cool. What do you got? Um, I, I think I've listened to every word of the podcast that you've done that I've not been in in the last few weeks, and uh, the Babcock thing has happened since then. But have you done any... Uh, 
analysis or, or discussion or recap of who his replacement is? Sheldon no, Keefe. Sheldon Keefe. Yeah. But do you know anything about him? Just said he's had success in the minors and stuff. Yep. Uh, he was the Rookie of the Year in the OHL in 1999. Oh, really? Yeah. So he's That's been cool. a darn good player. He played uh, for Tampa Bay for 125 games over the course of three years. Hmm. So he wasn't a super-duper regular, but he was up there a lot. Very skilled player. Um, and he's had some extremely uh, favorable things said about him by his former teammates, including Brad Richards and, mm. and, and others. But uh, like Brad Rich, he has something in common with Brad Richards. He's from PEI. Well, no, almost. Both of his parents are. Ah. He, uh, his parents are uh, both from Tignish, Brian Keefe and Bertie Arsenault. Wow. And when they got married, as just after high school, by the, the the article I read, they moved up to Ontario in Brampton, and that's where Sheldon was born and raised. Mm. So he was born and raised in Ontario, but he is 100% PEI uh, stock. Interesting. And both of his grandmothers are still around. Uh, his grandmother, Hilda Keefe, and his other grandmother, Teresa Arsenault, both live in the Tignish Senior Citizens Home. Really? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So uh, there's a still a very strong connection with PEI, and there's a lot of visiting back and forth and all that. That's so, cool. So Sheldon Keefe, along with Gerard Gallant, mm. along with the list goes on. Adam McQuaid, uh... There's a lot of a lot of famous players from uh, totally Rick Vive, uh, mm-hmm. who is old, you know predates you, and you got Forbes Kennedy, of course, who uh, yeah. you were at that event. Yeah, Forbes Kennedy. PEI for a very small province in a very small place has created uh, or generated uh, one heck load of talent, mm. and uh, it continues. And I I'm not a Toronto fan, but uh, the fact that uh, he's coaching. In Toronto now, just makes me more interested in in their success. Well, it's the same thing with the Islanders. They got Noah Dobson, who's from Summerside. Yep. Um, hey, I'm interested more interested in the Islanders now. They've got a local boy. Yeah, that's right. So good for him, and and good for for Tignish. Get them on the map. And as you know, uh, I think it was O'Leary that won Hockeyville. It did. Yes. They and O'Leary and Tignish are not that far apart. Yeah. It's all the same part of PEI. So. Um, as far as hockey goes in this province, they're getting it done up west. They certainly are. They're yep. getting it done. Good good for them. Heck yeah. Um, as it? we close this podcast, Toronto has scored again. It's 5-1, the Maple Leafs, over the uh, St. Louis Blues. This is going to be an interesting game to uh, watch here in a few minutes once we end this. So uh, thanks, guys, for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Hope you guys are having a good weekend. Hope you're up to some good old hockey watching nonsense uh, today and tomorrow, or as you're listening to this, it's going to be today for you. Um, yeah, looking at me like you have something else to say. Next weekend, Army-Navy game. Oh. Miss it not. Noise. Saturday. Who are you predicting? Navy. Because they're, you like them. They, I love Navy. And they're going to do some throwback uniforms, too. Oh, nice. And they look nice. Good stuff. Really nice. Don't miss it. All right. Thanks for watching, guys. Uh, there's going to be more videos coming out in the... Ch- okay, you got something else Manchester to say? Derby. Manchester United beat Man City 2-1 today. Unbelievable. What percentage of people watching listening to this podcast do you think care about... Less than Football. one. Less than one. Yeah. But I just had to say it. Like, there's not a lot I can cheer about. My Washington Nationals won the World Series. How can you say there's not a lot for you to cheer about and then say that your team just won the World Series? Just, I'm, I'm not done my sentence yet. Man U won the Derby. They're not having a great year this year, but they won the Derby today. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> well, it's, it's when the two teams in the same city play each other. 
It's a very deep, deep rivalry. Okay. It's like when Celtic plays the Rangers in Glasgow. It's it's when the Rangers and the Islanders play. You know, it's 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 more of a rivalry than usual. Okay. All right. Uh, so it's a big, big deal. Is it deal. like a derby, but just with an accent? Yeah, it's spelled derby with an E, but it's a derby. But it says. <laughs> okay. Destruction That's derby. not funny. That's not funny. It's just the way it is. Okay. They invented the language. Let them do what they want with it. Yeah, okay, I guess. <laughs> anyway, it's a good It's a good time. Lewis Hamilton won the uh, Formula One. So I do have a few little things to cheer about. Yeah. I would give all that up to have a really good contending team in the NHL this year, but I don't. All right. Well, fingers crossed. Oh, Colorado was up 3-1 in Boston. And, oh, yes, they did. They were up 2-1 there a second ago. Um, all right. Thanks for listening, watching, guys. Really appreciate it. We'll catch you next week, uh, Jason and I, in the upgraded and updated Post to Post podcast studio. So we will see you then. Thanks for listening. Once again, adios.